Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Arthritis at Home. I'm Cheryl Cohen with Arthritis Consumer Experts and the host of today's episode with Dr. Susan Bartlett. Dr. Susan Bartlett is a professor of medicine in the divisions of clinical epidemiology, rheumatology, and respiratory epidemiology and clinical trials unit. Uh, she's a senior scientist at McGill University Health Center. She's also a research scientist at Arthritis Research Canada. She's someone that is really dear to our organization's heart, to my heart personally. Um, she works not only with people with rheumatic diseases in her clinical practice, um, focusing on the emotional health and well-being of people with rheumatic diseases, but also that is her specialty area of research. So we're really privileged to have you on again uh, so soon after your debut appearance on Arthritis at Home, Dr. Bartlett. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure to be here. I hear that you're a real hit. I have heard from so many people who have caught your show and really, really enjoyed it. So my pleasure to be here and have a chance to talk with you again, Cheryl. Thank you so much, Dr. Bartlett. Listen, we wanted to focus today's episode on isolation and loneliness. Um, something that you're obviously expert in, you talk to patients you work with every day and do research with every day about these topics, but we're in a very unique time, clearly in the middle of a pandemic, Dr. Bartlett, um, where these things are really kind of omnipresent in our, in our lives. And I suppose where we wanted to start our discussion with you today is social isolation and loneliness. Are, are they the same thing? It's a pretty, seems like a basic question, but I think an important one. It's a great question, Cheryl. They're, they're two interrelated concepts, but they are distinct. So when we think about social isolation, when we talk about someone being socially isolated, we're really talking about the number of people in their network with whom they interact. So it's something that you can count and anybody can count. They can go in and they can look and see how many people are there that you can talk with and interact with. Loneliness is very different. So loneliness is about how you feel. And it may be that you have many people that you can interact with and yet you still feel very lonely. Or you may have only a couple of people with whom you feel close and you regularly interact and yet you don't feel lonely. So it, it's very much your personal response to your uh, perception of how many people there are that you can call on and that you can um, share your, your, your soul with really. It's interesting. I, I'm listening to you speak and I think, well, how have I, what's my list? How many are in my, on my own list? And uh, I, I remember back about four weeks ago or five weeks ago when I started really practicing self-isolation at a very high level. And I actually didn't want to talk to anybody. Um, I, I kind of wanted to just get used to what this was like all by myself. Is that I'm afraid to ask if that's normal because you might say no, um, but that's okay too. Tell, tell us what what's that about? Is it is it like hunkering down? It's kind of like that's kind of how I felt. I needed to figure out how to be by myself, so self isolate and not be lonely. So I think it's a really good way of putting it, Cheryl. And I think your response was completely normal and natural and expected because nobody's ever faced anything like this, at least not from our generation. And so we don't know what to make of it. And I find that there are times that I have to retreat inside too and just 
figure out how I'm going to get through even the next five minutes at times. It is a whole brave new world that we're facing. But, you know, in some ways, what we're really talking about is your personality. Would you say that you're an extrovert or an introvert? Oh, that's a really good question. I would say in my work life, I'm an extrovert. But I would say in my personal life, I'm a bit of a loner. And so that's not uncommon either. So some of the people that we look to and we see who are very comfortable in crowds and being around other people and who are really energized by being in social settings, in their private lives, those people are very, very private and they need that time and they need that space alone. So probably the best of all worlds is to have the balance, have the ability to go out and to interact with others and feel comfortable and be the life of the party when there's the opportunity to do so. But also to give yourself permission to crawl inside and to, you know, kind of shut the blinds a little bit and find the quiet time and the space that you need to just figure out what you want to do next. Everybody varies. This is a dimension of personality, extroversion. It's one of the things that we measure actually and look at when we're um, assessing people or when we're, even when we're doing therapy. Um, we want to have a really good understanding of where people's comfort zone lies. Um, but people will vary on this trait and they will vary from day to day. And I think in these days, we actually vary from hour to hour some days. So that, that up and down, and I'm not sure where I am right now. Do I want to be with people or do I want to be alone? Very, very um, normal response to a very abnormal situation. But we were talking about loneliness and loneliness is important because if you feel lonely on those times when you're retreating inside or you feel like you don't have that ability to reach out to other people, that's important. We know that loneliness is actually hazardous to your health. Yes, I, I heard actually somewhere that it's as bad as smoking. There has been there have been studies that have been done that have suggested that the, the negative effects of loneliness can be as important to your health as smoking, absolutely. Now, the, the research and truth is inconclusive. There are some studies who find this relationship and there are other studies that don't find this relationship. But I think the evidence is weighing in pretty clearly. We do see, for instance, that um, the more social relationships you have, the lower your risk of mortality. Amongst older people, the more social relationships you have and the more supported you feel that you are, and again, this is perception. It doesn't have to do with the number of people, but it's your perception that you're connected with other people. Well, the longer you live and the less disabled you are in the last years of your life. So feeling lonely, that's a really, really important sign. And now many doctors are asking their patients about how they're feeling right now, because people who are feeling really lonely these days, that's an important marker. And we want to know about it and we want to help you to feel better about your situation. That's fascinating. I think um, when I think about myself and whether I'm trying to decide whether I'm lonely or not, it's not something that conscious, like I'm not consciously thinking about it, but I just know intuitively if I'm sitting here and I start talking to my dog a little too much, that I might need some human contact. And I think that's pretty natural and normal too. You know, I've heard it said that Canadians in particular tend to be more connected. I think we're quietly connected to others, um, but we do tend to uh, value our social relationships 
And I've heard it said that it, in part that's because, you know, we live pretty far north and our winters are pretty bleak. And if we weren't connected to other people, we probably wouldn't have survived getting through the winters, trying to make it on your own. So there, there's a very evolutionary adaptive aspect of this, but I think it's also part of the Canadian nature. It's our persona that we, we like to know how our neighbors are doing. We like to look out for our neighbors um, and we like to help out when we can. The difference in this epidemic is that we can't physically touch people. And physical touch is important. I mean, all you have to do is go for a massage to know just how good physical touch makes you feel. So we're at home, we're self-isolating. Mm -hmm. um, that we, people are talking about, it's not social distancing, it's physical distancing. But you point out um, how important physical contact is for the human race. Um, so how do we get some of that without actually physically contacting one another? How, how do we do that? So isn't it ironic that the, the thing that we really do value and need um, would be the thing that will get us into the most trouble right now. There is only one way out of this epidemic that we know of right now, and that is physical distance from other people and distance of at least two meters so that there's no chance that um, germs can be passed from, or the virus in this case, can be passed from one person to the next. So we have to be more creative about finding ways to connect emotionally without that physical touch. Because many times, you know, a, a touch is a shorthand for a whole lot of words. Yeah. It's so much easier for many people to just reach out and, and pat your arm or give you a pat on the back. And, and that says an awful lot without having to use a whole lot of words. So now we're in a position, we've got to find those words and we've got to make them work. And, you know, I, I, I was on um, a Zoom meeting last night with um, some of my relatives, actually. Hopefully they're not watching right at this moment. <laughs> and it was a little bit more challenging to speak with them because they weren't comfortable with Zoom. They weren't comfortable talking to their computers. They just... It was just much less natural. I know if we were sitting in the same room together, we'd have had all kinds of things to talk about, but we just kept falling back into talking about the statistics. And so the, the conversation was actually becoming more depressing rather than, than helping to lift anybody's spirits, I think. Um, it, it really made me think afterwards that we, um, it, it's a good time to lower our expectations. It's a good time, really good time to have a short memory. Um, you don't want to find yourself in this situation of saying, well, so-and-so hasn't reached out to me in the last 10 days. Um, just, this is the time to connect. This is the time to, um, to forgive and move on and to, to be a little bit more tolerant and, and patient, I think, um, as we have this opportunity to reconnect with a, a lot of people who played important roles in our lives. Gosh, that's such sage advice, Dr. Bartlett. I was listening to you talk about your experience on Zoom with your family. And interestingly enough, I too was on a Zoom birthday party. Uh, there were 12 of us, um, which at my eyesight, you know, our little boxes were about this big in the gallery view. But uh, interestingly, uh, we, were all, we were all digitally pretty savvy. Mm -hmm. um, we, t I, I, but I was intrigued when I hung up or when I left, we all signed off and said, good night. 
this, um, I thought to myself, I've never heard a group of people tell, they, tell each other that they love each other more. It was amazing. I'm hearing the same thing too. People who might, and that's another, I think, Canadian trait is we tend to be a little bit quieter about our emotions and um, all kinds of people are letting others know how important they are. You know, I'm also reminded that um, this is an opportunity to make a whole new set of friends. You know that I have been coordinating this sewing activity and, and I've been working with the, the women in the Beaconsfield Quilters Guild and together we've made, um, there's about six of us, we've made more than 500 masks for the hospital. So I'm, I'm just blown away. These were women that I, I knew their names, I didn't know them well. I think that we have become really, really good buds over the last week. So there's opportunities to meet new people and Arthritis at Home is giving a whole group of people an opportunity to connect with somebody else who really knows their experience and uh, knows what it feels like to go through this pandemic living with an autoimmune condition. So um, there are some really bright spots and, and I think we'll all come out on the other side with a richer, deeper um, understanding and gratitude for the, the essential role that people play in our lives. I think uh, gratitude is something we um, feel uh, a lot here at Arthritis Consumer Experts, and we're very um, grateful for your expert guidance um, through some of these tough uh, mental health and emotional health times, uh, Dr. Bartlett. We could not um, say thank you enough to you and all of your colleagues that are coming on um, and coming into people's homes through arthritis at home. Uh, we wish you the very, very best in everything you're doing, not only to help um, frontline workers deal uh, with COVID-19 in your healthcare settings, mm -hmm. um, your, your graciousness in coming on and supporting people like myself uh, who number in the hundreds of thousands across Canada and in the millions around the world. We're really indebted uh, to you as a profession and we thank you so much for spending time with us again today. Thank you, Cheryl. Yeah. Stay safe. You as well. Bye everyone.